Welcome to episode 85 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. I am your host, Stacey Harris. This is episode 85, and today's show is a little bit different. Um, I am joined by Mally Ridzik, and we're talking about uh, building her business after sort of having a mental health breakdown, really. It's it's from breakdown to business is what is with the title of the episode, because she's really built her business based on uh, supporting her own sort of mental health and lifestyle that she uh, wants and needs to live. So it's, it's a little bit of different of a show. It's a little bit different of a topic. Um, but I think that my favorite part of this episode is we talk about self-care in a way that's not, um, oh yes, it's so nice to take care of yourself, but that's a really practical reminder that it's key to your business, uh, for you to be taking care of yourself. So that's really awesome. Um, before I do that, I want to say a huge thank you to you guys for leaving your reviews over at iTunes. I've got another cool one to share today. Um, from Dr. Karen Osborne from Canada. Awesome. Hello, Canada. Uh, listen to the episode 64, find your own success and great success means different things to different people. And it is important to follow what it means for you and not what someone else tells you it should be. So, so true. Thanks for listening, um, to the show, Karen. Uh, and I really loved that episode in particular. So I'm glad you, um, you enjoyed that and it resonated with you. Okay. Okay, so let's let's dive into the show. First, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Mally. Uh, Mally is a coach, writer, and speaker who works with fellow overeducated and underfulfilled millennials to achieve work-life balance and get creative in their career paths. She is a recovering academic who dropped out of a PhD program following mental health breakdown, which led to a diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder, chronic depression, and binge eating disorder. This was the catalyst that drove her to rediscover life and work. A scientist by trade, she uses a combination of her analytical and creative mind to help others identify both deficiencies and strengths in their lives and careers. She writes and podcasts about the future of work, work-life balance, and creative crea- career creation at the off-road, off-road Millennial. Mally is the author of an upcoming book, Owning It, How to Embrace the Best and Worst Parts of You to Thrive in Life and Business. And we talk about a lot of that stuff in the show, so... Uh, here, without any further yibber-yabber from me, is Mally. All right, everybody, now I'm here with Mally to get started, and I'm really excited to to talk to her today because we have a, a somewhat serious show, which is just weird here, um, but I think it's a really relevant and important topic for us, especially this time of year um, when we're maybe not so happy with what happened over the summer, or we're frustrated as we go into the last quarter of the year, maybe we're not where we want to be, uh, and just sort of emotionally and mentally we're getting sort of maybe frustrated or burned out or just not 100% and sort of dealing with that. So welcome to the show, Mally. Hey, Stacy. I'm super excited to talk to you today because I was on your show. That's right. Which hasn't technically gone live yet, has it? I don't think so. No, no, I think you're going to beat me uh, having this one up way before I have yours, so yeah. that's shameful. So in the future, <laughs> you can hear the This Is Your Life, the Stacey Harris episode of your show. Yep. Stacey Harris Unplugged. Stacey Harris Unplugged. Is that what you're going to call it? I, I think I am. I think I already put that in your intro. So I find that to be fantastic. To <laughs> I kind of love that. I can't wait to hear it. Anyways, I was on your show last week, and we talked a little bit about the fact that we're both podcasters, but I have a love-hate relationship with having podcasters on the show, but I am excited to have you on the show because you are a good <laughs> podcaster who I did Thank not you. have to tell to put her headphones in. 
That's right. Although you did have to yell at me to get my bio to you. I didn't have to yell at you. I guilted you into it by mentioning that I had a hard time getting it from other people. That was very underhanded, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I was very <laughs> passive-aggressive in my bullying to get my, right. my stuff. But no. Um, <laughs> so welcome to the show. I like to start off, as you know, because you listen to the show, um, with letting you, the guest, which is you, uh, introduce yourself. So why don't you do that? Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm uh, Mally, and I run the Off-Road Millennial. And I think why Stacey's having me on today is because I had a mental health breakdown in grad school. And that really was the whole basis behind the business I'm running today, where I'm helping other people in their 20s and early 30s start a business to kind of help balance their life because it gives you more control. And it's really sometimes something that's a lot better for your mental health. Um, so I podcast, I'm blogging, I do some speaking, and I'm working on a book now because, you know, you can't be a, an online presence without having a book. So that's <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. It's true. That's why I'm writing a book, too, because it's, like, required now. You have to. It's- Luckily, I have the amazing Amanda Schaffner over at the Path of Least Revision helping me. So if you need a book, check out Amanda. Oh, lovely. Um, She's awesome. She's got editing coaching and writing coaching and and a uh, cool writer support group program. Uh, the, uh, her writer support group is actually totally free. It's called the Writing Sidekick. You should totally join it, Mally. You would love it. Um, but it helps kind of keep you on track. Huh. Nice. I like that. Random Amanda Schaffner shout out for the day. Hi, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> she's going to love it when she hears this, I hope. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, that is actually why I want to have you on the show. Because I think when we talk about being an entrepreneur... We talk a lot about the freedom it provides, and we talk a lot about, you know, getting to make your own decisions, Um, but I think that a lot of sort of mental baggage, for lack of a better term, can come with that, because um, you have a lot of expectations of yourself, and expectations of what your business needs to look like, and and what your day needs to look like, Uh, so what I want to kind of talk about is um, how, while going through that, you sort of took care of yourself uh, so that you were successful in this new venture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't taking care of myself for the longest time. That's which usually is... what leads to the mental issues for me. Anyways, yeah. I know if ever, if ever I sort of, I, I, um, after my son was born, I dealt with postpartum depression. Um, uh, and so I'm still kind of prone to it from time to time. Uh, not postpartum anymore, but just regular depression. And sure. So I always find that when I have that issue, it's because I haven't been taking care of myself. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a big entrepreneurial issue, right? The whole self-care mm-hmm. thing. But a lot of people pay lip service to it without actually doing anything about it. Yeah. And it looks different for everyone. I mean, yes. what is self-care for you? And I think that that's one of the things, you know, sort of talking about self-care for a minute that really drives me crazy about the self-care conversation is yeah. for everyone, it's not a spa and a massage oh my gosh. or a glass <laughs> on the beach. Granted, I enjoy all of those things, but they're not feasible day-to-day self-care things for me. You know, for me, it's like sitting in the quiet and like just being able to not talk for a while because I spend so much of my day talking. Yes, right, exactly. And I like to cuddle with my cats. I don't know if my cats like cuddling with me, but um, I make sure I get cat cuddling in. Well, as long as you're (laughs) in charge of the food dispensing, I think you get to pick when cuddling happens. That's what I tell my son anyways. They're realizing that. As yeah. long as you live under my roof, <laughs> I get cuddles whenever I want. I don't care. <laughs> that seems fair. It does. I think so. It's like paying your rent and cuddles, people. Yeah. 
um but yeah so what are some of the things that you did to improve the taking care of yourself like what are those because i think to go from not taking care of yourself at all to taking care of yourself is such a monumental step so sometimes it's easier to sort of break that up so how did you kind of step into that so i really was i mean i've always had issues everybody's always had issues um but i was in the second year of my PhD program and I just finished taking my qualifying exams and I passed those. So I I like to brag with that. Like, yeah, I I passed them. It wasn't that I failed them and had a mental breakdown. (laughs) Passed those, stressed out about it. Um, My roommate's brother died suddenly at 27 um, and I was the one who was responsible for getting her to the hospital to identify the body um, and lots of the things that were going on related to that. So I just had a lot of things piling on top of me. And I'd also moved out on my own for the first time. So what I found myself doing was going out and eating, just eating a ton of food. And I thought I was just like this lazy person who just wanted to eat all the time. I thought I was a horrible person. And I think I was watching one of those like, weight loss shows on TV and I hate those weight loss shows but (laughs) there's nothing on TV and they were talking about how somebody had binge eating disorder and it was a light bulb moment for me and I was like oh this could be a disorder so I went to a therapist and I'd say that was really step one for me for starting my self-care from going from this place of I'm not doing anything for myself was going and getting professional help um And so it was her who, after working with me a couple of times, diagnosed me with obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, chronic depression, and binge eating disorder. And so I think that's such a monumental first step. No matter what maybe your level of of issue is from... And and I I hate to call anything a small issue. Like maybe you don't need like full on therapy, but I think asking for help in any way, you know, maybe for you, that's something small, like you're just super burned out and frustrated and stressed. And it's because you're taking everything on yourself and you're not asking for help. Um, and so I think that first step is really key to touch on whether it's something as simple as saying, Hey buddy, can you help me with X, Y, Z? Um, or, you know, seeking out, at a, you know, professional help at a higher level, whatever it is, taking that first step and acknowledging that you're worth getting help and getting support, I think is super, super valuable. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if you're married and you feel like, oh, I'm doing a lot around the house and asking your spouse or partner, hey, could you maybe, you know, do the dishes tonight? Like I, that would really help me just these small little things or even just taking some time to go have coffee with a friend and just kind of mutually vent to each other. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes that's not healthy at all, you know, if you're doing that all the time. But right. sometimes it's necessary just to get that out there. Better out than in, that's what I always say. I find if I, <laughs> I, if I get it out of my head, it becomes as ridiculous as it is. Whereas yeah. if it stays in my head, it becomes super serious. Right, yeah. And, I, and that was part of my therapy, too, was just... um not just talk therapy, but writing therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm big on writing anyway. Um, and I think that's also something that everybody could do is, like you said, get that out of your head and onto paper. Just do free writing where it's just I have all these thoughts and don't 
censor yourself. Just let the thoughts come out of like, I'm stressed out about this and I hate this right now. And I'm really nervous about this that's coming up. You know, it's going to feel crazy, but once it's out, it's out. So now that you sort of know the stuff about you and you've taken, you know, you've taken these steps in therapy and getting this stuff out, how do you sort of maintain that self-care now that you are running your business and you do have that, that freedom and, and to sort of to take that time for yourself if you need it? How do you keep that up so you don't fall into those same patterns um, of, of depression or, or whatever it may be? Yeah, yeah. And it's been really important for me to keep up with my therapy. Um, I'm still seeing a talk therapist, even though I've moved across the country now. Um, but also, my husband is very supportive. He's very aware of what's going on. So if I tell him things like, I just need to sit today, he's understanding. And as entrepreneurs, we talk a lot about time management, but I don't think we talk about energy management enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like new age energy stuff. Yeah. Like that, That's fine. But just how you feel every day. Um, and that's really a big part of how I make sure I don't fall back into something is, for instance, I'm talking to you today, so I've blocked off my schedule <laughs> otherwise <laughs> because just this one interview today is going to take a lot of energy out of me. Plus, I've got a couple of other things on my docket. So I knew ahead of time, okay, I'm talking with Stacy at one thirty. That's the middle of the day. So I got a run in earlier today make sure I had that out, got some energy out. Um, and otherwise have the rest of my day planned appropriately. So just kind of knowing how your energy levels work um, within your business. And I think that's a really great thing about being able to run your own business is knowing, hey, I, uh, I can only deal with like two clients today. And so you only schedule two. And I think that's a great, a great, great point. And I think we do. We do talk a lot about, you know, saving time. But we don't talk about sort of taking care of ourselves. And that's why I work the way I do in sort of batching my days. You know, today is podcast day. So I'm being interviewed a couple of times today. I'm interviewing a couple of people today. Uh, and see, for me, that sounds so stressful. <laughs> I have a much easier time doing this today than I do on a Tuesday doing a client call and then a podcast interview. And then I write for a while. And then I have another client call. And then I've got a prospect call. And then I'm running a webinar. Like the shifting gears is where I burn energy. Yeah. If I can just stay in one brain space all day, I can rock it out and get it done. But having to switch back and forth kills me because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and this sounds really weird, but it's almost like I put on a personality for the day. You know, like my, my personality for the day is podcast host or podcast guest, or, you know, this afternoon I'll probably record a couple of videos and then tonight I'm going to be, um, on a web show. So like I'm in oh that mode gosh. today. I'm sort of like personality today. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm so impressed. And I, I totally get that. I know so many people batch their work like that and I batch my work, um, in different ways, but I'm such an introvert that plus with my like <laughs> mental health issues, yeah. that the interaction with people is really what's the most draining for me. So but I, I think sp- it's about finding what it is that, I mean, identifying how it is your energy works and how you flow and then acknowledging that and figuring out what works for you. That's why for I sure. love, you know, what you're saying about that sounds super overwhelming. And for me going, well, the idea of switching back and forth <laughs> overwhelms me because it shows you that two people can, can function and schedule their lives totally differently and still be successful. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And so do you work 
if you don't mind sharing. Do you work <laughs> every day or do you like, because I know a lot of people who um, are introverted and so they will, if they have to do something like a lot of this in one day, mm-hmm. they'll take the next day off because uh-huh. they have to sort of recover. Yeah, it, uh, it kind of depends. I set Monday through Thursday as my primary um, working slash interacting with other people days. So I make sure Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, if I do do work and I usually do cause I'm even, <laughs> even though I'm an introvert and, you know, focused on my self care, I'm still an entrepreneur and I'm still interested in working on my business at 24 seven. Yeah. Um, so Guilty. I will do right. I will do like writing or um, planning or some other types of things on weekends and Fridays. Um, But uh, otherwise, yeah, I keep client and interview interaction to Monday through Thursday. And see, that's a great point, too. I really only do that stuff Tuesday through Thursday, Hmm, um, which is how I load up my days. I rarely talk to people. I, I never talk to anybody on Mondays. Um, Mondays are a, are a non talking to somebody day. <laughs> and then Friday, the only people I talk to are my accountability buddies. And so those are short calls in the morning to sort of make sure I'm on track for what I need to do. Um, so I, I kind of do the same thing. I have my talking to people days and my non talking yeah. to people days. Uh, especially because after, after like a day like today on a Thursday where I'm talking all day, especially yeah. still recovering from being sick, um, I will not want to talk to anyone tomorrow. Right. I will well, not use my mouth. None. <laughs> And, and you're also a mom. So I imagine once I have kids too, then it's going to be kind of switching energy levels there. Okay. I'll have the kids. They won't be in school all weekend. And so Monday might need to be my recovery time once hubby's back at work and kids are back in school. It's true. It's, it's funny because, you know, they talk, you hear a lot about creating a schedule that, you know, works for you and blah, blah, blah. If you work better at (laughs) night, work at night. I would love to work at night, but it makes no sense for me from a family perspective. So I think it's really important to acknowledge um, that you do have the freedom in your schedule to take care of you in your lifestyle, whatever that is. Um, So take advantage of that. Like for me, I work in the mornings because, well, it would be dumb for me to work at night. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that because earlier today I was thinking that too because I'm a night owl. My husband's a total early morning person. He gets Mm -hmm. up. Um, we love it. We live up in uh, Frederick, Maryland. And so it's about a 45 minute drive without traffic. And I'm making a face while saying that because it's DC. So there's always traffic. <laughs> um, so he gets up at 5am to commute into work. He works 6am to 2pm, um, and just misses the main rush hour, both going in and out of town. But that means he's back home by 3pm. So my work day pretty much has to end by 3 p.m. if he and I are going to spend any time together. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'd rather work at night and sometimes I'll stay up later than he does to do some work. But uh, you do have to take your family into consideration. Yeah, that's funny because Charles is still at his day job um, until he comes full time with me. And he he has to be at work at three o'clock in the morning, ooh, <laughs> which is ooh. nice because he misses rush hour. Like there, there's no yeah. traffic nonsense. Um, but it means he goes to bed at the same time our five-year-old does. Uh, but he's home <laughs> by noon. So wow. generally from 12 o'clock to like two o'clock when we go to get Colin from school, mm-hmm. uh, we work together and then Colin gets out of school and I'm done at two o'clock. Like I, I don't work after two very often. Yeah. Um, that's great. It's funny cause people will ask me like, they're going to be on the podcast or something. They're like, do you have anything at like one 30? I'm like, nope. 
<laughs> yeah, good for you. And I mean, I think that's important too, is sticking to your guns in that respect and knowing that you, you should be flexible to an extent, but within your boundaries. Well, and I, and I think you bring up a good point about sort of, you know, being flexible. I have sort of two, and I'm sure you're this way too, I have two sort of deadlines or, or limitations. There's the preferred and then the emergency. Like sometimes things yeah. happen and I work till maybe four or five, but I almost never work after five. Um, yeah. If I'm working after five, it's because something very special is happening. Like tonight I'm going to be on a web show at six. Um yeah. But it's a, it's a once in a great while thing, and it's something that I'm doing because I chose to do it. It's not like a, hey, mm -hmm. I need you to do this. Right. And it's tricky, too, because, like, a lot of the clients that I work with are still in their 9-to-5 jobs, and so they do need some evening hours. But I'm not going to make every evening hour that I'm awake available. Right. I have specific days where I do a couple of evening calls um, and I still prefer to squeeze it in during their lunch hour. But you also have to keep your client in mind and where their head's going to be when they're trying to work through these very important things for themselves. Well, and I think that's a great point you made about you make that sort of leeway for your, your clients, but it's still within something you've set up. You know, it's right. it's these two nights and it's only for these amount of hours. You're not taking calls at 930. Yeah. Oh I think that's a really important <laughs> distinction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So are there any sort of other, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up. So I want to just sort of get any actionable steps that people can take right now to sort of get themselves in a better headspace, either because they're struggling mentally or just burnout. I think all of that stuff kind of, whether you have sort of mental, you know, and emotional issues, whatever. Yeah. There's there's still, you're an entrepreneur and you're running yourself at both ends and you're, I'm super mixed metaphors today, uh, and you're, <laughs> you're just all over the place, as am I apparently. Um, so what are those sort of first steps we can take to, to, to clear the fog? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, it's a little bit of a cop out, but I think the first steps are going to look different for everyone. Um, I think what you said earlier about asking for help is always a good first step, uh, whether that's asking... Um, you know, your partner, hey, give me a hand or asking your children to do a couple of more chores instead of maybe picking up the slack and saying, oh, they're kids, you know, um, <clears throat> maybe it's actually getting a professional housekeeper if you have that kind of money, just something where you're asking other people to help you. And that way you can put the focus back on yourself. Um, after that, I'd say. Um, I think you mentioned it earlier already of making sure you have space for yourself during the day. And everybody always talks about me time and, you know, oh, I'm taking a bubble bath and I have a glass of wine. And that, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> but wine sounds me, good anyways. <laughs> yeah. Wine, it's only wine 11 o'clock here, but it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, um, you know, like I have a cup of tea in the evening before I go to bed and, you know, I'm an American. So what am I doing drinking tea? But for <laughs> me, that's kind of my me time of like, I'm having my cup of tea. I'm being kind of mindful about whatever I'm doing at that time. Just some space to kind of refocus back on yourself, whether it's at the beginning or the end of the day or heck in the middle. Um, and then wherever I'd say it fits in <laughs> wherever it fits in. Right. And I just say a, a nice third actionable step would be do something like take a quick walk um, in the middle of the day when you're like wrapped up in all of your stuff and your brain needs a break and you need a break. 
just force yourself to get up because it's not really great to be sitting all day anyway. I know we all do it. Um, but to kind of get out, clear your brain out. Well, and I think that's also a great productivity tip. You know what I mean? If you want to talk really like nuts and bolts, like the fastest way to get through something is to step away from it because you're going to spend twice as long forcing yourself through it as you will if you just take five minutes to walk around the block. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's just me, but it's super, I mean, if I'm frustrated with something, the best thing to do is leave. (laughs) I I think that's like, there's some science behind it too. It's the reason why when we sleep, our brain figures things out because it has time to put things together without all the external stimuli. It's true. And you get, you get so, and I think this is one of my favorite parts of asking for help from um, exterior sources is you get so inside of a problem whether it's like getting everything done or growing your business or dealing with the stress or, you know, whatever that, that quote unquote problem is, getting yeah. some sort of exterior help, whether it's venting to a girlfriend or talking to your spouse or talking to a therapist or whatever it is, but getting that outside perspective and talking about it from an outside perspective instead of being in your head about it is yes. sometimes the fastest way to realize, A, this isn't really a problem. Because yep. sometimes, and I'm super guilty of this, making problems out of things that are not problems. Yeah, um, yeah. Or B, you'll find your solution. Like, oh, well, duh. Like, that's mm-hmm. an easy workaround. Let's let's try this. Um, so I think, I think that's a really great first step because asking for help may not look the same for everyone, but it's almost always a great first step. Totally. Totally agree. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show, being super transparent and honest with us. I think, I know this was kind of a a tougher topic, a little bit different than the show normally is. Um, Yeah. But I think it was a really, really important conversation to put out there because I think that there is this social media fog that we all live in where the world (laughs) is sunshine and rainbows and we all have really great selfies and everyone (laughs) looks wonderful even without makeup on thanks to Instagram filters. Right. and so I think it's important to sort of get real that like stuff goes on, shit happens and, and how to get through that. So thank you for yeah. putting yourself out there and your story out there and sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks so much, Stacey. I, I think it's a really important topic. It, it is. And before you go, can you tell everybody where they can connect with you in case they are looking for help? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm at the off road millennial dot com. Uh, I hope you'll put that in the show notes because I super will. Weird, weird words. Um, and Twitter is my favorite. Um, so yeah. at Met Night Owl because, like I said, I'm a night owl. So M E T Night Owl. Those are the two best places to find me. Very cool. And I will put a link to your show as well because it's awesome. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to hear my episode when it goes live someday. Yes, you will. <laughs> Hopefully next month. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much again for being on the show, Mally. I really like talking to you. Yeah, me too. Awesome. And I will see you guys next time.